everybody welcome to the lux ops here with scott bowser 100th episode uh extravaganza <laughs> brought to you by mybookie.ag we will do the ad read for them later but this for this special 100th episode i uh, first off before i get into my guests i just wanted to thank everybody that's been here for the ride so far or if you're just joining us and you're about to go back or Whatever the deal is, thanks for checking out the show. It means a lot to me, and I hope to keep bringing uh, weird shit to you coming up in the future. For this show, I could have got one of my celebrity friends, but I didn't. I thought I'd keep it more honest and real and give you guys a, an idea of my humble backgrounds. So for this episode, I got my brother, Brett, who you guys all know already. or He's been on several episodes doing fantasy football and other football-related content, basketball and other shit. But we have, for the first time making her appearance, my sister, Erin Fraley. Erin, how are you doing, sis? I'm great. And I know so much about sports and gambling. Yeah. Well, you know about your brother being a DJ, and that's more or less kind of what we're talking about. Um, you know, it's, I was just telling my sister here off air about my uh, new Zed Run racing sable, Arroyo Seco Sables, uh, that uh, I am now racing in the metaverse. Um, it's, it's pretty DJ shit. I'm not going to lie, but I just realized I set it up almost like seriously 30 years to the day of my first time going to Santa Anita with grandma and grandpa oh that's right oh. yeah because we went like mlk day i remember when i was in seventh grade that was my first time going so it was like a monday in late january of 1992 and so that was 30 years ago yeah do you remember uh we were supposed to go on mlk day uh i guess it was 94 it would have been but it was the day of the northbridge quake and the freeway collapsed, and so we couldn't go to Santa Anita, and I was super bummed just about that. I do remember, but I wasn't supposed to go that, I couldn't go that day, even if that, it didn't have a free uh, earthquake, because I remember I had a big paper due, and mom Ugh. was hounding me to get it done, uh, like, two days early or whatever, being real stupid about it. Or it might have been due that Tuesday, I don't, I don't really know, I don't really care, you know. And looking back today, another day at Santa Anita would have been way more valuable to who, the man you've become today yeah. than, any, than any value you got from that paper. Yeah, it was a paper on the gold rush that I did with <laughs> Andreas Marin, who's a doctor now. It was a team paper, team project that we did. And so really, like, the thing was already written. And I remember mom thought my paper crashed on the computer. So the computers were so old back then. It's like, thought, oh, I power tripped it and it's not going to work. And but. My uh, my paper was there, and I got the A. And what did it? Pr yeah, you're right. What the fuck did I get out of it? I'm just yeah, the 49ers didn't even make the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. Who? who cares? <laughs> 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 it's so stupid. But yeah. So now, no, now I'm officially a horse owner. Um, I got a new one last night, actually. Um, uh, I I I keep mispronouncing his name because I'm stupid. But uh, do they come with names? You don't get to name your own. Well, no, like, dude, it's like the real horses. Like, people name them when they get them, and you can't, like, change the name because, like, they race for real and they have value, and, like, you can't, like, rebrand. Re yeah, exactly. Rebrand. <laughs> but I got Primo Sp Sparaza last night. He looks pretty solid. Uh, I also have White Claw. He's got an exclamation point there. Those are my two dudes. And then I have uh, Sunset Boulevard and Practice Poses are my two fillies. So I have a, I'm building out a nice little stable here. It's, it's a lot of fun. And you can, he can breed these things. It's fucking wild. But uh, so if you breed your horses, you get to name the new horse. Yeah. 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 So okay, for cool. example, on la last week's episode with Sean green, uh, he has horses and mine was in the stud barn and he peed the stud fee to get my stud seed into his filly. And a horse came out live right there on the show. And he named, and he, you know, he took my, 
my my thought. But then uh, say because like okay, Sean uh won a quarter million dollars in a DraftKings lineup a couple years ago, but he would have won a million if Scott Tolzien for the Colts didn't throw three pick sixes to the Rams defense or whatever that day. Like that, the guy who had that defense leapfrog over Sean at the last second on like the Sunday night game because this guy threw three picks, three pick sixes, which is very very rare. Like, like that's what it like. But I mean, Sean still won a quarter million, so he's not that buttered about it. So when he asked me for my thought, I said he should do a Scott Tolzien related name, and then he was like, "I like where your head's at, but I'm going to give it to Nick Foles. He's an Eagles fan. He's the quarterback that led them to a Super Bowl win over the Patriots." And then I said, "Well, it's a girl." You should name it Nicole Foles. So that became the name, Nicole Foles. So. Which isn't a full baby, baby horse. Yes. It's all very cute. Yeah. And, and yeah. Yeah. And he, and it's, the, it's spelled, you know, like full, like the baby horse. Yeah. It's, yeah. No. Your, uh, your weird horse Cyrus X is very adorable. Yeah. It's yeah. There's some, <laughs> some funky horse fucking going on on this show. As yeah, long so, as she has that big Nick energy, I think she'll be okay. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, you guys got to follow a horse. So for those of you who haven't heard that episode yet, go back and listen to the horse fucking episode. That's a lot of fun. But uh, I, I didn't quite get that far. I, I got to catch see, up. It, it led me to, you know. <laughs> where are you at, Danielle? Where are you at, Aaron? Uh, episode one? <laughs> no, in that episode. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, I got, here, here's the funny thing about it all is it kind of is a good segue into like, uh, the hypothesis I have for you guys that I want to pose to you guys for this episode. Cause it's like, I'm clearly past the degen point of no return. Like I, I, like I'm like You're wearing fuck, a Hawaiian shirt. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm wearing a fake fucking submariner. Like I'm degen for life at this point, but like, I, I'm telling you, I'm probably six months away from buying a fighting rooster or something like that. You know, <laughs> unless the federal authorities are listening and I would never engage in such conduct as an upstanding member of the community. Uh, but yeah, so, but what point do you guys possibly think I hit the degen point of no return? Because we, as we said, Grant, we started going to the races with our grandparents when we were pretty young. And then, like, you know, I, I, I think it might have been uh, when we went on that first cruise and I won like 300 bucks shooting crabs. Because it was like my first time, like, table gambling for real. And it was like, oh, shit. I played craps before when I went to the grad night uh, at that for for uh, I went like sophomore year. I went with a senior because I was cool. But uh, like I didn't. Uh, what was his name? <laughs> Bob. <laughs> 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 no, it was Heather Marks, who's now the executive producer of a bunch of TV shows and shit. That's, that's, there you go. And hasn't that hasn't done anything for me. Um, another thing. That, <laughs> <laughs> she took you to grad night when you were a sophomore what more yeah. do you want from the woman yeah i mean i guess you're right <laughs> um, um but no like uh i, I yeah i think it might have been that first craps run i did or when i like first really discovered sports gambling when i first got like a bookie like when i was like 18 19 that might have been like but that was kind of maybe an evolution from that craps game i don't what, what are your thoughts what do you guys think when you bet on the sun setting that was, that was like okay yeah you're <laughs> that I was mean, the point of dude, that was the point of no return scott and i say this as brett like to brett because like brett has also reached the point of no return for of dj being a dj he's over here betting on fucking asian kids playing nba 2k russian <laughs> kids russian kids okay yeah yeah league of pro league of pro six 
you got to stay up till like one in the morning just to watch those games because because <laughs> they're doing it on Russian time and, it, and it's daylight over there. <laughs> <laughs> it's like kids coming home from school playing games and you're just up all night fucking gambling. On them. <laughs> Dude, the kids are so stressed at times too. I'm like, oh man, they're getting like their parents like beaten in the background right now <laughs> for every three pointer miss. Uh, their dads are probably like ex-KGB stooges. I don't know. But whenever Tiger Tripoint starts pushing his hair forward, you know he's about to go off. So <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. So you can see that the, the live line. Yeah, you can see You, you can watch them. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Twitch streams. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Aaron, what do you think? What, what do you think I hit the DGM point of no return? I mean, so this one's always kind of weird because like living with you i was so young still because i'm so much i'm so much younger than both of you old guys <laughs> um so i'm like nah you were like 16 when it happened uh because i don't have proof of it but i feel like you probably uh like when you were crowd leading were probably like gambling on the football games oh yeah i was uh, gambling on like i was betting kids like at school and stuff all the time on stuff especially i would usually bet kids back then on college football and it would always be like Friday. It's like, all right, let's fucking get all the bets lined up. And then Monday it was like, all right, everybody pay up. Like, like I was always waiting for you to have like some sort of like uh, eight men out scandal, but for <laughs> water polo. I'm shaving, I'm shaving goals. <laughs> I wasn't. Hey, but dude, honestly, like you could, some people might accuse me of the when my senior year when we barely beat Pioneer 14-8. And I'm not going to lie, if, if that game w- would have had a line on it, we would have been like a 25-point favorite or whatever. So the fact that it was that close, like, you could say I was shaving in that game for sure. But you know what I was doing in that one? Because that's the shittiest team. So I was just trying to get, uh, and Coach was doing the same, trying to get all the guys that never get their play much, as much playing time as possible. And I was just trying to set guys up for their only goal of their career. <laughs> I thought that was a noble thing to do. But yeah, it ended up being a close game. But so yeah, I guess I guess I would have been accused of sh- of goal shaving. <laughs> <laughs> that may- that would be funny. Like it's funny, like to me, like uh, like uh, like just high school sports in general. Because a couple of years ago, Brett and I actually started betting high school football games, like like mm-hmm. like the big powerhouse matchups that are like on ESPN and stuff, pretty much. Or but like Bishop Gorman. But then we started finding some like more like obscure ones that were available. So it's like oh oh, oh yeah, I heard it. So-and-so's nephew knows a person that goes to that school and says the quarterback's really good. It's like, okay, that's what we're basing this on. <laughs> but, so here's the funny thing, Aaron, is we, we bet on this game and then we're like, yeah. so how do we even check like live scores of this yeah, game? So, yeah, we're, we're sitting there like, what the fuck? Like, how, like, how do we figure out? So I find some weird app that's like, it's like, yeah, it's called our lads. Right. And, it's basically like some dad in the stands responsibility to update like the play by play. (laughs) And like, I found myself getting irrationally angry at like (laughs) these dads. Cause I'm like, okay, it's been like five minutes. Like, what are you like taking a shit or something? Like (laughs) something has happened. Like give me an update. And all of a sudden it's like third and six. You're like, okay, what happened on first and second down? Oh no. And then you you could see like when the guy basically goes to the snack shack, and then there's like nothing going on for a while. And then all of a sudden there's like two you come back and like two scores get updated right away. Like they score back. Yeah. You're like, what the what the fuck just happened there? <laughs> like, and we're talking like forty five point spreads. Yeah. Funny enough, the quarterback of that team ended up playing for the Bruins. Yeah, that's right. And and, 
booster and I'm a booster for UCLA. So Oh, you bet on uh <laughs> <laughs> But no, it's true. We do bet on the sunset at UCLA tailgates. Uh Sean mentioned that on the last episode. Uh that we were talking I said how I named the stable after our basically our gambling at the Rose Bowl, Oreo Seiko Canyon, and uh and then Sean was like, "Oh yeah, I know about you guys' gambling." I, I recall one time I lost money on a sunset bet. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny is everybody's story about betting on the sun is losing. Who comes to the tailgate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they they do not understand the physics of it all. Yeah, that mountain ridge is a certain degree, and I I mean there was that time where I was cheating because I figured out a film production app that like will tell you any kind of angle and where the sun's about to be and like like. It was it was a uh, it was pretty pretty useful for a minute there, but then I felt I felt guilty. But yeah, no. Um, all right, so because a, but you could say segue into the next uh, say, segment of the show. You could say the DJ point point of no return was just when I was born, day I was born, because who did we grow up across the street from? Mr. Brown. Mr. Brown. Mr. Brown. His wife, Margaret. I love his, his <laughs> wife, Margaret, and sons, Harry and David. Uh, now, the, the sons. What about were, Rufy? Uh, <laughs> Rufy? Yeah. No, the, their oldest son. Their oldest son was Bob Jr. That was the one that killed himself by jumping off the eighth floor of the Veterans Hospital. Where, the uh, roof. Yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> Rufy, yeah. Well, <laughs> the, audi- the audience doesn't necessarily know this story. I know. So, it's a little full circle thing, you know. So, <laughs> we're laying down a foundation. Our mother went to the funeral, and when she came home, our father famously said, "What song did they play up on the roof?" And so that was a. Uh, that's always a good one, but yeah. So I never, I that guy either died when I was a baby or like right before I was even born. So I don't remember him at all. Like. Um, I just remember the other two dipshits, which, okay, uh, Harry, let's go, let's start with, let's start with Dave, actually, let's start with Dave. Uh, Dave, when we were growing up for a while there, it appeared he had a job that he went to every day and came back, and he always came back with, like, a 12-pack of beer every day. But at least, like, he looked like he had his shit together, he had a truck, and he'd drive it to and from work, and that was his... park it in front of our house on Street Sweeper Day. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then, uh... One time Scott and I popped the tire because we were sick of that shit. And then we realized it just meant it was going to sit there, there a lot longer than the street sweeper day. <laughs> Genius. <laughs> Jokes yeah. on me. Yeah. Turned out that was a lot worse than uh, having to sweep that once a, once a week or whatever after the street sweeper left. <laughs> um, but yeah. So and then all of a sudden he didn't work anymore and he just went off the rails. But he's the one. Who, and then he started growing those like outrageously large cucumbers that he'd come and he'd bring like paper sacks of over to us at the front door like really weirdly it just felt naughty (laughs) (laughs) a creepy old guy trying to hand you a second you want this big old cucumber no thank you mom weird guys at the door again with the cucumbers but yeah no so the browns are like this was um this was a weird situation to grow up across from because then you had harry who was really like the town drunk like i mean the bumbling town drunk and i think this is a generation i don't think you just have town drunks anymore like i mean you do but like it's not see like he like nowadays like a lot of people that work are homeless 
But in those days, there was more of a social safety net. And, and guys like him, this not, he was, I think he was a non-vet, or I don't actually even know if he went to Nam, but he was in the military during Vietnam. And I think what scarred him was he didn't get to go to Nam. I think that. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, their, their generation, like, all came home and lived with their parents. And, and their parents still have these cheap houses that they bought and, like, during, like, the, the suburban boom kind of thing. So it's like these guys had, like, a place to go for the most part. And we'll get into this later, how they had the safety net for a while. But, like, they had this, like, they, they could just do that. Where nowadays, like, dude, everybody's on the street real quick. Like, the parents probably, the, the parents probably don't even really have a place. You know, like, the, it's, it's much less of a shaky climate for hope like town drunks like him to develop because it's like he was a legit bum he wasn't like because i think bum's kind of a dirty word now you don't want to say that about a homeless person it's a lot of times just a person on hard it's a rough sleeper yeah 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 but this guy was just a bum like he'd get up fucking stumble out of his parents fucking front porch in the morning walk over to the train tracks drink bottles of Thunderbird and fight the other bums and then fucking stumble back home and fucking get in fights with me and Brett. <laughs> so, so fun fact about like that kind of level of degeneracy is there's these spots everywhere that are like unincorporated. Um, like we lived in Whittier and the train tracks that were like, what, like quarter mile from our house. If that even. Yeah. Yeah. We're like three blocks. Yeah, so it was like the other side of the train tracks was unincorporated Los Angeles County. And so as far as jurisdictions go, Whittier PD dealt with anything on top of the train tracks and anything below the train tracks the L.A. sheriffs dealt with. So you could hit your drunk bum buddy with a brick on the south side of the tracks and then stumble like 10 steps and have like a whole jurisdiction issue that nobody wants to deal with (laughs) it's too much paperwork for you it's too much paperwork we got like cross city like yeah and the thing is is there's like two sets of tracks there where they right where they kind of merge onto one side of the street but it's lambert road and whittier where there's like, and now it's like the tracks are completely gone. I think it's like a nature walk now or something through there. Yeah, it's one of those like uh, hiking trails. Yeah, to... but like it used to just be a track on one side and a track on the other. And then the one track went across the street there at Mills. And then they both w- would be on the same side going forward from there. But yeah, so each side of Lambert had its own track kind of. And on the south side track there was the rowdy one because there's two liquor stores and an A&PM all lined up and the bargain barn and the bargain barn yeah dude i mean that's like a panhandler's dream because you could bother people at jnl liquor and then go down to tommy's to score your hooch or vice versa and yet the north side tracks had the gun shop so there you go yeah yeah and the comic book store yeah (laughs) yeah and chuck's baseball cards yeah that was i mean that was we lived on the north side so we were we were, we're privileged. Classy. Yeah, we, we had the donut shop and, you know, all, all that stuff. So I think I still have uh, my I'm Comics uh, pogs. Oh, yeah. Because, of course, <laughs> I still have my pogs. <laughs> but, yeah, so, like, and then there was, like, Harry was, like, I wouldn't say the ringleader, but he was one of the all-stars of this hobo league. I was, like... Yeah, because he had a bed. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. He, he can he can get three square a day without going to jail. If like Uncle wanted. Jimmy didn't always have a bed. Yeah, <laughs> Uncle Jimmy, our friend Greg's uncle. So like one of the local hobos was like legit, like our friend's uncle, which made all the. 
it really was kind of a funny like this would be a funny sitcom like like would be depraved but it would be funny it would be like a real life south park like a grid when he got out of jail he brought greg's dad home because he got out of jail the same day with him and thus greg was born yeah yeah that's And then, like, it's funny, though, because, like, when I was, like, before I could drive and stuff and, like, first smoking weed and stuff, dude, the bums had a nice little, like, hangout spot carved back there. And if they were back there, that was a great place to go fucking smoke a joint real quick and no one would bother you, you know. You just didn't want them showing up. Not that they would get mad at you or anything. They would just want some. (laughs) Yeah. Mom always used to get mad at dump couches on the tra- train tracks back there. And I was like, this is like a humanitarian effort. This isn't <laughs> like <laughs> if I was building a school in Guam, you wouldn't be so upset, would you? Yeah, I'm helping the local. <laughs> I'm trying to help the local homeless get drunk in comfort. But yeah, like there was also, uh, okay, Uncle Jimmy, Harry, and then Dave. Steve, uh, Russian yeah, Steve. Yeah, Russian Steve. He was another uh, epic. All, like those three were the main like you almost stars. didn't recognize russian steve if he didn't have a black eye yeah 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 he was, he was that guy yeah he was the guy that was always getting his ass kicked by the other ones and yeah pretty much anybody that he came in contact with i remember when i i saw donnie uh infante knock him out on one punch when he was like 14 15 like steve was just piss ass hammered donnie was just like ah fuck this and just chin checked him and fucking well, Steve would always swing first, and if he didn't knock himself out falling to the ground, yeah. he was pretty much wide open yeah, to get yeah, knocked out. Yeah. And I'm trying to think, did we, did we miss it? Okay, there was Butt Crack Man, but he wasn't necessarily part of the train track crew. He nah, was, he was Meyer Road. Yeah, he was a Meyer Road uh, towards where our grandmother lived. Like, um, Yeah, uh, Carmenita a lot, too. Carmenita, yeah, around there. He'd be up and down that way uh, showing his butt crack while he pushed his cart up and down the way. Not his fault, though, because his butt crack, like, started between his shoulder blades. (laughs) It was, to this day, the longest (laughs) butt crack I've ever seen. Yeah. (laughs) But you don't even make pants like that if you have money. (laughs) 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 The thing with him I can't believe is the fact that he was, like, I don't know, like, at least 350. I mean, if not pushing 400 pounds. He probably had a job. All he, <laughs> he did. all he did was walk, pushing a heavy ass cart filled with like recyclables everywhere all day, up and down hills all throughout Norwalk and Whittier and Santa Fe Springs, and, and even long. I even see him on like La Mirada and stuff, and, and like, dude, like, how did that guy not lose weight? Like, it's insane. Well, here, think of it this way though, like the price of a can has stayed the same. But like a dozen donuts and a chocolate milk used to be under five bucks. Yeah. Now I take my kids to get a dozen donuts and a chocolate milk and it's like 15 bucks. So that bag of cans could have gotten them like donuts. And, you know, like that was one like dollar menu before the dollar menu. And like shit was just regularly under a dollar. Yeah. <laughs> that was like with Taco Bell. It was like two tacos for fifty nine cents or whatever. They're basically like, "Hey, twenty five cent hamburger nights at McDonald's." Yeah, yeah, we'll just give them thirty five cent cheeseburger night. Yeah, I used to pound me some thirty five cent cheeseburgers. But yeah, no. So, well, okay, let's get back to the Brown family. Let's get back on track here, because there was an interesting dynamic there with the old man, the mom, and the two deadbeat sons. Which, like, I it's it's 
it's so, it was so perfect to just grow up like across the street from it, watching this insanity unfold in front of you every day. And like uh, one of my funniest memories that I remember is do you guys remember the time when I'm sure you guys do when they went on vacation they're like, they never went anywhere or anything. And finally the old couple went to Hawaii on vacation and they left their truck there, not Dave's truck, their truck. And it, and it was like, not too, it was like, they had identical trucks, right? It was close. No, because I think Mr. The, Mr. Brown's truck was like, um, I guess technically they're both Mr. Brown, but you know, uh, I think his was like a smaller like pickup truck. Like, uh, I like how truck. we always called him Mr. Brown. Like we hold him in such high regard. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Literally until this call, I didn't know his name was Bob. He's only <laughs> Mr. Brown. <laughs> I learned that today. And also, was, we, we should add that our neighbors next door to us on the on the other side were the, also the Browns, and they were very, very nice and sweet and and wonderful, and yeah. amazing yeah. and awesome to us. And we, you know, I'm still I still talk to Brian every few months or so. So I mean, it's it's kind of funny how like that dynamic is like. But their mail is always getting mixed up, so that was always funny. But like it was the Norman Bob Brown. Bra- Bob Brown was a Dukakis supporter. Yeah, dude, that's right. <laughs> like he was the one. <laughs> <laughs> he was an interesting guy because, like, uh, the legend has it when our parents first bought the house in like 1975, I believe it was. He un- uninvited, unannounced, or anything, just walked right in and sat down on the couch on top of my dad's hat. Which you gotta admit. That's just a power flex of like, here's how it's going to be in the neighborhood. You young. Because mom and dad, what, are like 24 around that time or something like that? Like, <laughs> and just, and I wish I could see dad in that situation. Just so like, I, I don't know what to do. I, so, <laughs> so this is what, like, I've been talking, I was talking to Shubin about this the other day, but the thing about our family of the craziest person in the room is going to gravitate towards us. Yeah, dude. You know, at I, any given point, I've said right? that to Jen before, and you know, this April will be ten years that she's been with me. I'm like, she can now 100 say that is 100 true. It always happens, no matter what. Like, so I was like thinking, I'm like, as we started this conversation about the Browns, like, wait, is it because we grew up next to that that like? Like it's normal to us to engage with crazy and like just be on that level and like, but then I'm like, but wait a minute, they didn't go into anyone else's house and sit on their ass. <laughs> like, like, yeah, they, down to us, you know. Yeah, like, that didn't happen to Gary next door when he moved in. No, like no one else we, had that story. <laughs> we inherited this weird gene. Yeah. Yeah. It's like we're like the it's like we're cursed like the Stark children. We're like, yeah, we can warg and all this stuff, but we can just warg into hobos, make them make them <laughs> bum fight each other. Dude, okay, so we're going off topic, but that's what we do here. Um I'm at the Wenchel's Donuts the other day okay, with my we're, kids. We're running out of time here, just a minute. So Brett, run this real I'll be quick, quick and then we're gonna have a word from our sponsor. So this lady rolls up to me and she just goes, Hey. I know more than most people know about colonialization, you know, racism, why you came here. I know. I know what you know. (laughs) (laughs) 
It's like, yeah, no, Europeans fucked over this continent and dominated, and I'm a I'll, descendant of that. I was like, I, I didn't fucking, I mean. My kids are Indian. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, like, my biggest regret driving home was, why don't I engage her and find out what she knows? Because yeah. I kind of need to know that now. Like, Dude, I was actually watching Cheaters today, and, you know, that show is pretty staged and fake, but. They had this guy bust in on this guy who was living with his parents, and they pan the camera, and he's just got his huge conspiracy chart, and he goes, it all goes back to 9-11, man. And I was just like, oh, this is the greatest episode of Cheaters of all friggin' time. Okay, and now, on that note, as on a good 9-11 note, let's hear a word from our sponsor. Just a reminder here, the Luck Stops Here podcast is brought to you by MyBookie.ag. That's right, MyBookie.ag. Use promo code LSH for a 100% deposit bonus on your deposit up to $1,000. Enjoy world's largest online sports book and casino. That's right. I've been playing blackjack this entire time because I'm a true degenerate, and I think you guys should be too, especially since I got a big fat car bill coming up that I keep bitching about. But it's actually not going to be as bad as it looks like, hopefully, but... I don't know. I could find out news be bad next week that it's really bad. So, you know, you should do is get your money in there and deposit. And uh, you can deposit crypto right now and Bitcoin and stuff. And, and guys, that's a whole different gamble on to itself. Uh, do that over at mybookie.ag. I'm, I'm trying really hard for them to start offering Filipino cockfights. Let me keep working on that. Just go over to mybookie.ag, promo code LSH. Tell them Scott of the Luck Stops here podcast sent you. And he wants you to offer cockfights. All right. Speaking of cockfights, back to the show. <laughs> We're strap some blades on you guys, make you go at it. Um, no, so yeah, okay. So the dynamic of the Brown household is very, very funny, and uh, so they went on this Hawaiian vacation. And Harry, it only took like four or five days. It was supposed to be like a two week vacation, I want to say. And like it was like day four or five. Harry finds the keys, fucking. And I remember I was like, a, I think I was at Jeff at Leveson's house like just across the street there and I was just like we just heard like his mom's like like stay inside Harry's driving we were like what because <laughs> like, that was like, like I, as a kid like I I never saw that man drive and it was obvious like like that he was a walking don't drink and drive ad like we like we all like no one as children we didn't look at this guy and go like Oh, I think this guy should be out there operating a motor vehicle in society. Like, like, so uh, he walks. He yeah, walks places. and like we said, like so we we said we lived like about less than a quarter mile from the train tracks. There, he did not make it to the train tracks. <laughs> like we lived on the Forge. Next street was Flomar, and then the street after that was Ditmar. He crashed right into the Ditmar so- street sign. Just fucking knocked it down. Rap total truck. Mr. Brown had to come back from vacation. And I remember just sitting there waiting on the porch, waiting for him to come home, <laughs> waiting for like him to scream, find out what went down, him to scream, the whole thing. Him and Harry, it, it, it was beautiful. It really, it really was. But so let's fast forward a couple of years, guys, because uh, we actually witnessed Mr. Brown's death. Oh, before that, though, okay, I right. have literally one memory of Mr. Brown, All right. one interaction I've ever had with him. And it was when he almost died, but didn't die. And he went to the hospital and he comes back from the hospital. Like he had a stroke or something. I don't know. But he got real sick, was in the hospital for a while. And he came back and uh, Joan, one of the good Browns, except for this day, 
uh, Joan is like, we should go over and like welcome him back and be like, hey, we're glad you're not dead or whatever. So for whatever reason, I am brought across the street to the front yard of Mr. Brown's house. And he was like, hey, hey, kid. And I was like, yes, sir. And I'm not even joking, like grabs me by the scruff of my shirt, pulls me in and he goes, I saw God. <laughs> and I was like, I'm sorry. And like, I had to have been like seven or eight. And he's like, I saw God. I died and there was a white light. And he said, I can come back. So now I'm back and I love Jesus. <laughs> and that was my only interaction with this man. I'm surprised he has enough room for in his heart for Jesus with all that love for Whittier. <laughs> <laughs> So I think that's why I went to school for ministry. Yeah. Was, uh, the, 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 you saw the, Jesus in his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Sorry. Go on. The man dies. Well, yeah. So we were all, our family went out to dinner and we were coming back and we basically watch him drop dead uh, in the front yard at like they're returning from like one of his doctor's visits or something. Mm-hmm. He basically just drops dead right there. And the funniest thing about it was like they were smart enough to know. You get the man a blanket. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so they, they were smart enough to know to get the man a blanket. Brett, what did they forget to do with the blanket they got for the corpse lying in the front yard? Unfold it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they did remember to set it on top of him. <laughs> so they stack a folded blanket right on their father's corpse in the front yard, just right there. And our entire family's just standing on the front porch, still like, what the fuck is going on? And it seemed like hours. It was probably like 15, 20 minutes. But it seemed like hours because, like, when it's a guy, especially that house, that house calls nine one one. They're not exactly going, okay, we better be on top of this. Like, they have a whole Rochambeau <laughs> tournament to see yeah. who has to, who the low man is who yeah. has to go. Who's the new guy? <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I got seniority here. I ain't going to the fucking Browns again. Like, we weren't exactly a small town. The oh, law enforcement oh, knew them by name. And I should rec- <laughs> mention that before he died, my brother and I. We did have a water balloon launcher that we accidentally sh- shot through his window on a Sunday morning one day. And our mother, in a moment of sainthood, went in and cleaned up the mess and said, like, that house was, like, the most horrid, disgusting thing she's ever seen. Okay, well, so Mr. Brown dies. And uh, Mom said the house was disgusting when she went in there and cleaned that up. So Mr. Brown dies, and, like, within hours, Margaret, the old lady... Uh, just uh, move, like, moves him. Took with, off with Frenchie. Yeah, dude, moves Shacks in, up with Frenchie. Moves <laughs> off with a guy named Frenchie. <laughs> Which, if if you guys are still following the story, God bless you. And I hope that you're enjoying this as much as I enjoy the fact that this all actually happened. Like, dude, Frenchie gets involved, and when, once Frenchie's involved, it's like. I don't need, did you guys ever even see Frenchie? Do you remember, remember seeing Frenchie? Yeah, I remember her leaving with Frenchie, oh. like getting into his car and going away. And like he he was a, a taller gentleman, uh, gray hair. Some, uh, something tells live. me her yeah. and Frenchie had been living. Having, something tells me her and Frenchie had been having an affair for like 35 years. <clears throat> and it was finally like, oh, we can finally be free at last, Margaret. Or as I call her, Maggie Pies, or something like that. <laughs> and and also, like, Margaret did make Brett some booties when he was born, and one was like way too small for a baby, and one was like adult sized. 
<laughs> and the adult size one probably fit my Mongo has feet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's okay. So Bob, okay, the old man's dead. Uh the the fucking old lady's out of the picture. Her and Frenchie have moved on to find their their romantic pie in the sky, which leaves Harry and Brown Harry and Dave with the house by themselves. And this is like Animal House is one of my all time favorite movies, but this was beyond Animal House. This was like, like, uh, dude, like, I, I'm trying to figure out a thing like to, you can describe. I mean, <clears throat> so I, there's there's homeless hierarchy, right? And when you're the guys who are drinking like on the train tracks, like you're towards the bottom, right? But when you're the homeless guys who now have a house, now more higher class homeless with with designer drugs dude they basically became like land bear like 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 fucking pre-renaissance like land barons and like and they brought like the local train track hobos in to like live in their fiefdom i think that's a good way of putting it (laughs) yeah and but they were directly across the street from our yeah 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 And they were just smoking crack. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. they fully are like, "Hey, crack dealer, you want a place to live?" Yeah, <laughs> like you move in, <laughs> we'll we'll smoke a lot of crack here. Like I remember parking my car in front of there one time, and like I, I just look like into the fucking window, and I just see them lighting up crack, and I'm like, you know, I'm gonna go park on the other side of the street. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like within like three months, the electricity's out. Yeah, like they have and the gas they is out. All the bills and like everything. they they never paid the bill, but like you do get a grace period before they cut it off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so yeah. that's how long they had electricity, and then it was just like Coleman lanterns, like yeah. lighting up the rooms at night. Yeah, it was a really eerie vibe coming from. It looked like I mean, it really did look like a haunted house. Yeah, and, and then they started tearing down the back fence yeah. for like firewood. Yeah, because it got, it got. I mean, it's Southern California it doesn't get that cold in the winter, but it gets cold enough to where. Hey, ask ask Dave about that. Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> we'll, get to, we'll get we'll get to that. Uh, but then it gets it gets like really really like depraved around this time because uh, one time Brett and I are playing wiffle ball in the front yard, and one of their local like. Uh, uh, a lady, a, 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 Ooh, a lady of the tracks. <laughs> um, I, I think that might be a good way to describe her. <laughs> like they were, you hear them arguing in the house, and Brett and I are in the front yard playing wiffle ball, and so you hear them arguing, and we're kind of like, all right, well, let's see what's going on over here. We got to make it look like we're still doing something, and we're not just, but like, you know, like what's going on here, and then it, it spills out in the front yard and stuff, and then it's just like, uh, he's just like. Go on. Oh, you you do it, Brett. You do a better job of it. <laughs> you on. Get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck. We already fucked your ass anyways. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, apparently, they were running a sodomy train on this poor lady yeah. of the track and smoking crack and doing all kinds of ill shit over there. <laughs> it's like... uh you know what they say? You hang it on the tracks, you gonna get the train. <laughs> <laughs> that is what they say. <laughs> that is a, the old, <laughs> old sailors saying from the sea. Um, <laughs> but like, dude, like it, it was so weird and bizarre to grow up across the street from all this. Like it just. It may like and now it's like I see different like because like the smart hobos hang out at the trashier casinos here in Vegas. 
because dude it's been in the 30s last month or so at least and it gets to be like 120 in the summer you know you're only and it dude it'll be in the 20s here in a couple weeks i'm predicting and so like yeah it's usually snows like once every february or whatever but it's like it takes a rugged type of hobo to handle here Mm-hmm. Like I realized the the ones I was raised on in Southern California are soft in, in certain aspects because like, I mean, yeah, like some of the downtown LA ones are fucking hardcore. But like y- y- when you get out here, man, you see like these dudes that can handle 120 and 20 and you're like, oh, that's like a man made from like Kazakhstan stock or some <laughs> shit like to be able to handle those wild. I got some Central Asian shit. We can handle that kind of wild swing. Um, I digress. So Dave apparently could not handle the Southern California climate. Um, I never heard what happened to Harry, but we know Dave did was the first to go because they ended up, the house was sold. And I, if I recall, the house sold for like $20,000 and this was in the late nineties, early two thousands or whatever. Where like yeah, dude, a contractor bought it and he like, like did all kinds of work building it up and then flipping it. Yeah. Yeah. But like, it was one of those like, <laughs> The house was so destroyed, so thrash. There was basically nothing that could get for it. Also, I think if Harry, if Dave and Craig, Harry were like the ones sell, like selling it or whatever, like dude, they probably sold it for like, all right, give me a box of them old nudie bags, couple, <laughs> couple, couple bottles of hooch, and a carton oh, of smokes. You know, Frenchie got the money for that house. Yeah. Oh yeah, Frenchie <laughs> walked away with. You're right. You are right. <laughs> Frenchie done got that money. And then that couple ended up moving into. Time. She they ended up moving into a house down the street, if I recall correctly. But like, the look of horror on their faces those first couple of weeks as they were cleaning it up were just fucking like you could just see just like oh this is hazmat suits. Yeah, this is like a this is a project. But yeah, so Dave was the first to die. And he died of exposure. He, he died of exposure, exposure to the elements. To the elements behind the bargain barn, like yep. like dying behind the bar. To me, that was just always the way I wanted to live my life. Is that whatever you do, don't be the guy that dies of exposure behind the bargain barn. Like, live by the tracks, die by the tracks. <laughs> <laughs> and then Harry. Now there were Harry sightings for years after. Yeah, and then. They, they, no one's seen him in a while. He had, there's no way he's still alive. I don't know. I could see him like in DC on like, <laughs> he, he, he stormed the Capitol showing up on my TikTok, yeah. and I'm like, Harry? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Turns out Harry invented Bitcoin. He's, he's the guy that <laughs> Harry, like, full on, like, had just his moments where like we were playing with our wrist rockets and he came out. And gave us like a bag of ball bearings and told us how we could kill a cat with those. And then he handed me a non-metal because he said uh, he got it and he wanted me to have it. And he stabbed the tree with a butcher knife yeah. and then walked back in the house. And I, uh, I'm 75% sure Harry is a cryptid. Uh, like he is what lore is made of. <laughs> he, he wasn't really a human He's probably a, is still out there somewhere. He is the okay. Chupacabra. Yeah. So I know it probably happened, but in my mind, I can't picture seeing Harry and Dave at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> they were twins. Have we said that yet? They yeah. weren't twins, but they were twins. They, they, they looked exactly alike. I mean, <laughs> they're dead ringers. The one had a mustache for a while. Like Harry never really had the mustache. Dave no. usually had the mustache. That's how I always told them. But they apart. had the same like 
framed glasses. Yeah, yeah. They definitely like shared clothes. <laughs> like, like this, like the Harry had, and like the way he had, like he put that like old timey like hair tonic in his hair, so it was always brittle, like brittle cream. Yeah, like <laughs> it was like stringy, just kind of like wildly like flipping around. He like they never wore he never wore a shirt. So no. he's always like wearing, great tan. Yeah, great tan. So he's wearing like corduroys with these like horn rim glasses all busted up and. And it's funny, like I was never afraid of him at any point growing up. Like, cause, like I knew, like even like at like eight years old, I'm like, yeah, dude, if he fucking pops off, I, I can take this guy. Like, like I, I can like just like zigzag real quick, uh, like <laughs> push push him once, he'll topple over, kick him in the head a couple times, and then I'm like run up on the roof, and there's no way he's gonna get me. Like, yeah, no, what? you zigzag twice, and he's like like hitting the ground so hard he might have killed himself (laughs) i remember like my friends and i would be either walking like to lambert or hanging out somewhere on gun avenue as children are wont to do and they'd see him walking and they'd be like we have to cross the street like that's a dangerous guy and i was like that's harry he's fine (laughs) (laughs) i'm like i know harry (laughs) (laughs) and i wonder why crazies talk to me yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah, and it's like, and as much okay, and as much as I like, it was. It's just it, it's so fucking funny to me too. Just like, like I remember too, like Harry, like they would make him mow the lawn occasionally, or like if he, you know, like because he realized like, oh, I instead of paying the gardener, I'll do it. And then like he would give up halfway through and just leave the fucking lawnmower like like stopped in the middle of the lawn, just go off and like go up on a bender, like. And he'd hide his uh, booze in the bushes out front. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was always hiding. Between the two houses. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And there was the old couple next door to them on the other side, Art and Shirley. And him and Shirley, like their backyards, I don't think had a fence connecting those two backyards. I think it was just wide open. It was the two driveways. Yeah, it was just the two driveways. And like their backyards were basically just one wide open space back there. And like, dude, Art Art would be at work. And her, her, Harry and Shirley would be boozing it up together. You think they banged? I do. I don't know, dude. I never thought that till right now. <laughs> I bet you he jacked off in front of her. <laughs> Not even realizing she was there. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, I bet you. Oh, you're still here. I, I just didn't know what it was at the Are, time. Yeah, I, you know, what, you're, they probably did bang. I mean, because it's like. Why would he be running away like that if they were just drinking together? Like, I get he doesn't want to see him coming home. No one wants to come home. Okay, no, never mind. I understand exactly why no one wants to come home to drunk Harry in their living room. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, and Art and Shirley had a granddaughter. I think her name was like Leah or something. I think it was Leah. Uh, Yeah, Leah. And And her mom was like a... Weird, who I guarantee you came out years later as a bull dyke, uh, Lady Ronnie. And uh, she always wore, like, glamis shirts, you know, like some real real high-class folk over there. But I remember Leah came over to, like, like we were playing or whatever in the front yard. And she's like, I got to go to the bathroom. Can I go to your bathroom? And I was like, yeah. And she just, like, covered the front bathroom with shit. <laughs> just covered. And, like... It tried, you know what's funny like, is and all the sh- like like the like the nice towels that you don't use that mom had out for decorate like the decorative towels, all covered in shit. Everything in the room covered in shit. 
So here's the thing is back then I was like, how does that even happen? And mom always said that. And I'm like, I have kids now. I see exactly how that happened. <laughs> <laughs> like, like you, oh man, one of the logs actually fell on the floor. Let me use this towel to pick it up. Oh, I think there's some over there. Oh, this is just making it worse. <laughs> <laughs> I remember mom dry heaving, cleaning up this poor little girl's shit all over the bathroom. Like, it was fucking just so gross. But yeah, so uh, Shirley and Harry were booze buddies. And I remember uh, Shirley, one time, mom and I got home from like running errands or something. She was just passed out face down in the gutter in the front of the house. Like, just fucking hardcore. Just boom. But like, yeah, like. I really feel like that generation of just stay-at-home drunks is kind of... I mean, I don't know, maybe COVID's kind of given it a revival, but... <laughs> like the, there was a true great generation of people that just stayed home and drank back in those days. All right, um, moving on from the Browns a little here before we uh, end up wrapping this bad boy up. Um, they, he might not be the biggest... Harry might not be the biggest D-Gen I've encountered in my life. And I've been thinking about this a lot, and I've talked to Brett about this. And I think the ultimate D-Gen might be jerry (laughs) sorry jerry is a man who used to live with our grandmother uh his wife worked for our grandma and then they ended up moving in with her down the stretch to help take care of her but i wouldn't say they did a bang up job in any way shape or form uh but jerry I like to think he's one of those guys that decided to get on Bitcoin way too late and lost money. Like, first off, do you guys think he survived COVID? I mean, yes, because that guy like would never leave the computer chair because they have a free poker game where the grand champion wins five hundred thousand dollars every right. every hour, and so that would entertain him for like thirty seconds. While he was out on his second hand, because no way that guy should have got the card on the river. I mean, I'm sure he's got some strong opinions on masks and vaccines. (laughs) Jerry is the guy in One Crazy Summer who's sitting trying to win the radio sweepstakes. The entire, like, that's Jerry. That's his whole personality. Aaron, very good pull there. I just had a big One Crazy Summer segment two episodes ago with Matt Knudsen in episode 98. Chili dog. Everybody that wants to check that out. (laughs) Chili dog. Uh, Yeah, I just rewatched that a couple weeks ago. It it still holds up. It's so fucking funny. But yeah, no, that's, that's who Jerry is. And like, Jerry would always like anytime I was going to the track. Grandma would give me some money and be like, "Jerry wants me to, you know, have you place these bets for him." And I just look at him, and it was straight out of Let It Ride with Richard Dreyfuss. I'd be like, "Okay, where's the racing sheet? Scratch those off because none of those are coming in anywhere near the finish line. Closest place they're going is the fucking glue factory." Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, the dude, the dude went. Full pawn war or not pawn wars? What is it? Storage Storage wars. wars. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Which you can you can find that clip on YouTube of Grandma when she was on Storage Wars. Rudy Scoot. Yep. Sometimes I I watch it. Our grandmother was on. on, She was on there a couple times, I think, actually. Like because she was. Yeah, but there was there was one like epic. Epic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where she she got some like featured screen time. Yeah, she would have been a TikTok star now from that. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Everyone would be doing her little head move as she pulled ahead. 
I used to, yeah. <laughs> I'm so yeah, she would have been a meme totally. Uh, oh yeah. I, I you know what's funny is I actually used to do a bit in my stand-up about that how my fucking grandma has better TV credits than me now. Thanks to. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I, it's I'm glad to say I now have better TV credits than grandma on Storage Wars. So thank you very much, world. We're, yeah, creditkarma.com. Yeah. And I'm I'm going to be uh, for everybody coming up. Uh, I, I don't know when it comes out, but soon I'm going to be in the American Gladiators 30 for 30 that's coming to ESPN. So nothing is never coming out. You've just been lying about that for like 60 episodes now. I, uh... Well, I shot it a while ago. You know, it's it's, it's Hollywood, man. You wouldn't understand. <clears throat> yeah. I don't want to brag, but I was on a children's program uh, that gets filmed at IU. Really called the friday zone oh i i was just watching death the smoochie was it anything like that uh kind i know i mean were, the weird part was so i was on it a couple of times and it, like it's like students are the two hosts and then they have like children come in and it's this kid show or whatever i don't know it doesn't matter I and i i did a segment on it a couple of times and so every year that i went back it was a different like pair of students that were like the hosts of the show but they had the same uniform because it's a kid's show and so they have the exact same costume no matter the actor and so I would meet these people and they'd be like in this green shirt and like corduroy pants and then the next year I'd come back new face same outfit and it always freaked me out like they would just <laughs> kill them and replace them <laughs> so were we all in a carpeteria commercial yeah D- dial one <laughs> carpet company yeah <laughs> we were we, we were in a carpet commercial when we were, that's right i forgot about that I have oh, a hard no. time distinguishing dreams from reality sometimes because <laughs> yeah. I have really shitty dreams. Yeah, like being in a fucking local like being in a carpet commercial. <laughs> I remember too, like the see, like mom and dad wanted to get like basically went there, like we wanted wanted to be a part of the shooters. Like someone we knew's brother in law was directing it, so we got to be a part of it, be extras in it, and so. Uh, but mom was and dad, I in this? I think so. Mom and dad, fucking. I remember just climbing on the carpet rolls in that factory, like having the time of my life, and just being yelled at the whole time to not be doing that. And I'm like, that is literally the only thing to do here. <laughs> well, if the <laughs> only time you really see us in it is when they do the, the overhead shot of the store, and it was just us in the corner, like mom, like snapping at you, trying to get you to fucking stop jumping off the shit. Yeah. So they were trying to negotiate a carpet deal. Like, like it turned into them just negotiating a carpet deal than caring about the shoot at all. Yeah. So, yeah, that's... And then fast forward, I ended up being in a shoot at a mattress warehouse, and it gave me some... It, it reminded me of that. I was like, oh, yeah, this is very familiar to me. Like, uh... You're also in a taxi driver porno. Yeah, I was in a taxi driver porno. You know, I have quite the extensive... Uh, <laughs> Range, R- range, and resume. Guy, you know, <laughs> so if anybody's casting anything in the Las Vegas area, I- I'm available. And if you give me enough notice, I'm available out of town as well. So you know, Scott saw Kurt Russell and Kevin Costner in uh... <laughs> <laughs> the Riviera. R.I.P. Riviera. Um, all right, yeah, but Jerry, uh, I was just thinking, it's like Jerry and Louisa were really fucking uh, <clears throat> sh- real shit show. Uh, fucking just miserable people but like they were like when i worked at 7-eleven like jerry is what i used to call scratch holes the people like addicted to scratch tickets 
because it's like there's that certain level of degeneracy that I can't even fathom. Like, like I'm a I own digital fucking horses that I race for money. That's about as stupid as it fucking gets. But at least there's some element of skill <clears throat> and like information and data analysis to it instead of blindly going. I'm going to hand some dipshit a few bucks for a cardboard. And it's one thing if you're just one of the people that just like to buy them occasionally to fuck around. Like, hey, maybe I, maybe I uh, make a little something this week on one of these. But it's another thing to be these people that like literally every waking moment, they, they're trying to just scrounge up money to go and buy as many from them as, as possible. And if you give them a free ticket, you better give them the one they want. And oh, my God. It's, it's like the people who like drink mouthwash. Yeah. You know, it's like you, you could get drunk on other things, man. Like, <laughs> I could teach you cheap ways to get drunk, dude. Like, I got gotta, time. Yeah. You don't got to do that. Hand, and even, even sadder you. is if he won anything over like $100, he would have to find someone to go cash that ticket because like at that point they have to report it to the IRS and he owed so much in back taxes that like he couldn't even claim the money. So he's playing these scratchers knowing like if he ever hot, hit like the million dollars, like he, he couldn't even claim it, you know, yeah. like if he ever hit the grand prize. Yeah, it's like, he can't win. He can't win. Yeah, hey, guess what? Yeah, I'll none of us can win, but he really can't win. <laughs> <laughs> Do, have you guys ever seen that show Lotto Dreamhouse? Lotto Dreamhouse, no. dude, it's an amazing like real estate show. And what it is, it's, it's always it's always scratcher winners, jackpot winners too. It's it's rarely like someone hit like a mega like Powerball or whatever like that. They always, they get these like scratcher winners that won like a half a million or like like it's all it's usually under a million but over a hundred thousand, right? And so, like, they'll find these people and they're like, all right, they want to go buy their dream house now that they got this new money. And they always do it every time. There's like, well, you show them three houses and they'll be like, here's one that on your budget and your retirement plan and everything you have, like, this is the one you can for sure afford, drop everything, move into, like, right now kind of thing. Here's one, you know, you're going to need to change some things, structure some stuff around, but you, you can do this one. Here's one that's out of your age, but. Wouldn't it be nice if you could have this one? Guess which one they always end up getting? <laughs> the one out of their range, and then they're and then they're buying a hundred pink flamingos yeah. to decorate the front lawn. It, it's incredible how many times. And like, dude, I do. I play stupid jackpot fucking stuff. Like, dude, that's part of why I'm doing these digital horses. I do the free tournaments where it's like a daily twenty thousand dollar in prizes. And like Brett and I do the uh, fantasy football league where it's like a half a million dollars of the winner. Like. That shit's fun, but there's also a degree of skill to it. You know, like there's like a thing of like it's not just luck. It's it's luck. It's one hundred percent just luck. But I feel like I got some sort of edge on it, kind of thing. Like I don't know. There's something. It, there's something just so funny about that to me. How like how degen these people are with that. But do you know what I love about true scratch holes? Is how they all have a method for how you're supposed to scratch things off to give them oh, a better God. chance Dude, to no, win. The, the best. No, you get you don't scratch the the number off till the end. That's when you do. It's like it doesn't matter. The cards, the card. you really <laughs> just scratch change. off the part with the barcode and scan no, it. There's, there's, you don't okay. need to do anything the, else. My favorite ones are the ones that don't even scratch them. That just walk up and do the barcode. They're like, I have no time for any of this bullshit. Just let me know. Like, I I can appreciate that. I, I can appreciate that because they're they, they understand how stupid it all is. Yeah, yeah. If you're going to do it, lean in the ones that like. really inf infuriated me were the ones that would be like, uh, what's the serial number on the back of that one right there? Oh, no, I don't want that one. That's not a lucky number. It's like, dude, what, 
I can guarantee you most of these aren't going to be fucking lucky. And like one time a lady came in and she was like so cocky about it. She's like, I'm going to win 500 bucks on this one. I'm going to come back and tip you 20 tomorrow. And I was like, all right, cool. I, I didn't work the next day. I was like, oh, cool. That's yeah, great. Good for you, you know? I hope so. And then sure enough, I come back to work like the day after that and there was 20 bucks waiting for me. She had fucking won like five, 600 bucks or whatever. So, I mean, some of them were pretty cool, but yeah, tip out if you're going to do that. All right. Um, enough on DGENs. I have a heartwarming local story. And usually when I do these local stories, it's fucking depressing. And I try to like avoid the depressing ones. Sometimes they're kind of funny. But um, I got a oh God, where is the thread? Because I found this on Twitter originally. And then I saw an article that backed it up. But the Twitter thread did it so succinctly and nice. That I will read it from there. So Las Vegas Locally is one of my favorite Twitter accounts. At Las Vegas Locally. And they have a lot of cool, like, little tidbits around town and stuff. It's good for tourists, and it's good for locals like myself. All right. So, last month, a visitor from Arizona hit a jackpot on a progressive slot machine at Treasure Island, but the machine malfunctioned and didn't alert him or casino staff. He returned home not knowing he'd won $229,000, 329368 So, $229,368, yeah. Treasure Island was unable to identify the player, so agents from the Nevada Gaming Control Board launched an investigation. They reviewed hours of casino surveillance video, interviewed several witnesses, studied credit card transactions, and even analyzed Uber rideshare data. Last week, Gaming Control Board agents found the man and let him know he'd had a much better Vegas vacation. He'd realized he plans to pick up his winnings this weekend. That's super cool. Right? They're using their powers for good. Yeah. See, I always just knew gaming control board people as the ones in casino that bust up the good time at the end of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> or that that keep an eye on Danny Ocean. <laughs> <laughs> no, but how, yeah. So just for anybody that was wondering, yeah, if you do win a ba- big jackpot accidentally, they will fucking track you down like the goddamn, ma- like you're the man with the the one-armed man that killed his wife right? <laughs> trying to take fucking dr richard kimball motherfucking bullshit uh yeah they tracked this <laughs> <laughs> guys it's been a fucking long month well, long 2022 for me already so. i was like long month it's the fifth yeah yeah well it has been a long month so already he still thinks it's wrong. december yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell him it's not August anymore. <laughs> but yeah, like, um, but yeah, I thought that was a cool, like, heartwarming local story to end it up on. Guys, thank you so much for joining me. Um, All right, real quick, we need Aaron, pick Aaron's brain. Super Bowl, Rams minus four. Who you got? Um, Why, why'd you interrupt me? I was, I had a whole, like, speech plan. You can was, do that still. Okay, we I need will. the, we need the action. All right, all right. Don't know what the minus four means, but I'm going to go with Bengals. Taking, you think Bengals are just gonna win outright? Yeah. So then you're gonna you, so so um the yeah. So then you like I went the to money Ohio line. recently. You heard it. Take it to the bank. She's okay, saying Scott. Bengals now you can do your line. little spiel thing. Well, no, I just wanted to thank everybody. Uh, thank you guys for thanks uh, for nothing for being my friend, <laughs> lifelong friends and siblings, and you know I'm I'm glad you guys were able to enjoy this hunt be on this hundredth episode with me it's like a milestone one my old podcast i think i only had like 35 or 36 episodes so hitting 100 was a big deal for me on this you know i'm i'm not some fucking double digit pussy anymore i'm a triple digit man and I, yeah if you've listened to the 99 previous 
you are probably 60 ahead of me and 99 ahead of Aaron. So um, I was listening to 99 <laughs> earlier today. I'm not going to tell you I started on episode 99. We don't know. Maybe I started at one. Yeah. And, you know, I want to give a big thanks to all the guests we've had, especially the repeats like Brett and uh, Keith D'Souza and Justin Decker, Alex Masroby and Sean Green, Ryan Kramer, Colby Dant, Patty C., NC Nick, Doug Stanhope, Nick Rutherford, Cornell Reed. Uh, well, they haven't all been on multiple times. Uh, Eli Braden. Uh, God, I've had so Tamara Brown, Lizzie Cooperman, Brooks Whelan, uh, Paul Danke. There's been so many good ones. Brian Cook. Like I, I, I could just go on and on. I, I mean, there's been a hundred. I can't name everybody off the top of my head right now. Subscribe, rate, review. Unsubscribe, resubscribe, re-rate, re-review. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, if you can give us a five-star rating and a review over on iTunes, that would be huge. And uh, you know what? Go there in the review section. Write who you think your favorite Bowser slash Fraley is. <laughs> okay, yeah. Do and that. And we'll tally up those votes. And, we'll, and the winner will I'm get a free win. scratcher. It's my show. I'm going to win. I mean, not going to win. I'm, <laughs> I'm new. Yeah. yeah. So I, <laughs> And I mean, she just gave us the Super Bowl winner. De- dealing from the bottom of the deck here. Uh <laughs> But yeah, oh. thank you, everybody. Make sure you follow us on social media at LuxOpsPod um, on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, I hope to give you guys, I can't wait for the next hundred. Ho- hopefully this ride uh, just keeps flowing uninterrupted. Anything that you want to say on the way out? Yeah, everyone like, subscribe, listen, because I need this to make it to a hundred. So he'll have me back because I've learned more about my childhood tonight than I have in the 36 previous years of my life. <laughs> so... <laughs> Well, thank you guys so much. I love you both. and uh, Love God, you too, bro. I love you. Um, and for my listeners, I love all of you too. God bless you and keep gambling. <laughs>